Are you ready to hack your time? I'm Vicky and I am obsessed with course correcting everything that you've been taught about how to use your time because I know that you can create more success while having more fun and taking more rest. I went from doing all the things, working 80 hour weeks to creating a 15 hour work week. Listen and learn how to hack your time never have to say that you don't have time ever again. You too will learn how to accelerate without doing more today. Hi lovely people, do I have a podcast for you today? I am jumping straight in. Today I'm keeping it really simple and sharing the four reasons why we procrastinate and what we can do about it everything you need tied up in a fancy bow for you. So this is really an episode to share with your loved ones because everyone needs to hear this. Because there's a lot of noise out there about procrastinating and a lot of that noise is in itself a time suck. So stop studying, or I should say so studying how to stop procrastinating becomes a whole new level of procrastinating. (laughs) Like we just procrastinate by studying how to stop procrastinating. And so in today's podcast, I'm going to give you everything you need to overcome procrastination in a 10 minute episode. There will be no procrastinating by learning how to stop procrastinating on my watch. Clever fucking brains that we all have, right? Like our brains are really so sneaky and smart. And this is just another way they stop us from getting shit done. So here's how it's going to go. I am going to share with you the exact reasons why we procrastinate and one single simple solution for each of them. Now, there are lots of tools in my toolbox, but I'm not in the game of overwhelming your brain because when your brain is overwhelmed, want to know what happens? Nothing, right? Like we don't create change from overwhelm. We create change from simplicity, keeping things very simple and then learning why we fuck up as we go. Like if something's simple, then we know if we've succeeded or not. If something's complicated, we start to wonder like what went wrong, at which point and what about it was it? So we're gonna keep things very simple. Today is not going to be about explaining the brain side of procrastination because we spoke about this in the very first episodes. And if you've never listened to them, you are missing out. They are there for you. They are very short. I'm not going to repeat that stuff now because your time is precious. So we're just going to start with the first reason why we procrastinate. And a lot of you are going to smile to yourselves as I go into this one. Because if you are listening to this podcast, there is a big chance, I would say 100% chance that you do this one. Just going out on a limb there, 100% chance that you do this one. And it really is our thoughts about ourselves and the label or labels that we give ourselves. And by that, I mean, I'm a procrastinator. It's just who I am. I hear that one a lot. Don't feel guilty or shame or embarrassed about me saying that. This is literally how our brains are wired to make a judgment. I mean, our brains make a judgment of everything. 
our brains love making a judgment of us based on what we did once and then keep that story on repeat, especially if that story is going to keep us safe. For example, doing less, therefore conserving energy and avoiding failure. It's like ding, ding, ding. (laughs) And yeah, that's why we sit in this story. But let me reassure you that you are not a procrastinator. It is not something you are. Maybe you are British like me, or you are five foot five, which is taller than I am, (laughs) but you are not a procrastinator. Once our brain gives us the label and we accept it, it's just giving ourselves permission to show up that way as though we are powerless to it and we just believe it. And someone literally said to me, last week, I've always been a procrastinator. Like, it's just who I am. And what she means is, like, she adopted that story and her brain liked it and it was the easiest excuse. And I've used that in my former life. And it's one of the most common things I hear from people all over the world, all ages, like, this is it. It's just who I am. But it is not just who you are. It is not a fact. And you don't procrastinate on everything in your life the whole time. So the remedy for this one is very simple. Answer this question, so you will want to get a pen or open your notes in your phone and write this down. In what ways am I not a procrastinator? And a second question, what have I not procrastinated on? Now, your brain may first offer you zero examples might not want to play ball because it really likes this story and it doesn't care about you wanting to achieve your goals. It cares about comfort. It cares about keeping you alive. (laughs) Sit with it. Sit with those questions and even start small. Notice the little things. Maybe you wake up and you brush your teeth or you do your food shop on time or you call a friend back when they call you. Maybe you don't procrastinate when someone asks you, for help or maybe you don't procrastinate on replying to emails like just notice the small things write a list and even within the not procrastinating to emails it might be i don't procrastinate on my emails to x person so just get super specific write a list find evidence on purpose that you are not just a procrastinator because here's the truth you do procrastinate on some things And you also don't procrastinate on some things, like every human on the planet. We don't have to never procrastinate. Now, this is the best place to start because once you have a list of the areas you do procrastinate and the areas you don't procrastinate, then reasons two and three, which I'm going to explain now, come into play. So firstly, what are your thoughts about the task at hand? depending on what you are thinking and believing about the literal task or the to-do, that will immediately impact whether you procrastinate or not. Because thinking something is boring or hard or definitely this one, right? Or if you think you are going to fuck something up, then those are like procrastination machines. Input boring, hard or failure and you, you will immediately get procrastination motivation from your brain. And what's so interesting is that these are all opinions, not facts. And that what one person finds boring isn't what everyone finds boring. This is actually a great thing, by the way. So 
this is what makes the world go round, right? Like we all find different things boring and interesting. And like with the previous example, there are countless solutions here and I am picking one for you. And that is, so what? It's boring, so what? It's hard, so what? We don't need to argue with our opinions and decide that calling the bank and being on hold for an hour is fun. Not everything in life has to be fun, easy, or with guaranteed success in order for us to do it. So when we use so what, we are allowing our brain to keep its story. Like, yeah, it's hard, I'm not gonna argue with you. So that's different to the example above, right? The solution here is focused on this is hard and so what? I can do hard things. I might fail and so what? I have failed before, it won't kill me. It's boring and so what? Boring isn't a stop sign. And you can gather evidence here of you doing, for example, hard things before and just build your belief in your ability to do hard things. Think of an example right now of something that you've done that was hard. I had someone say to me the other day, I guess childbirth. And I was like, yes, fucking childbirth. That sounds legit. It can be anything though. You will actually surprise yourself with how many examples you have from work, from studying, from personal relationships, from health goals, from financial, like all the things. Hard is not a stop sign. And we don't need to convince ourselves that running a half marathon is easy in order to run it. So that's really the simple solution for reason number two. Now, if it is not your thoughts about the specific task, it can be your thoughts about the stakeholders. So like everyone else involved. And this can be as simple as my boss is a dick or my partner won't even notice. And I'll offer a different one, which I hear a lot from entrepreneurs, which is, well, no one's watching anyway. And I call bullshit. Oh, actually, let me add another because a client told me this week that her stop sign was, people will think I'm an idiot. So it is even our thoughts about what other people will think about us. Here's the truth bomb. Are you ready? We never know what someone else is thinking about us, even when they tell us, because 90% of the time, we don't know what we're thinking. So they don't know what they're thinking because our thoughts are so fucking temporary. We have like 60,000 a day. Now, if your thoughts about other people are stopping you, then it's time for a reality check. Do you want that person, maybe that shitty ex or boss, to be the one you give control to your day to? This is the question to consider. Like, write it down. Do you want that person, you can put their name, do you want X person to be in control of your day? Because if you procrastinate because of them, what are you actually gaining? And then, like, literally think about that and answer that one. Write that one down as well. What are, what, what are the gains for me not getting this done because of X person? And then, what might it actually cost you? Answer that one specifically. And lastly, does it influence their life at all or just your life? You working like into the evenings or weekends to compensate for your thoughts about other people, creating procrastination impacts your life, your enjoyment, not anyone else's. 
And we see this in business a lot when people are worried about what other people will think when they promote their services. So thinking about the exact person that doesn't want to hear about your offer or your job or your business. So of course you don't do it instead of thinking about the one person that does and directing your brain. Okay, last one. Are you ready? Because this is a big one and this is your thoughts about time. There isn't enough of it. It's not the right time. Things just take time. I'm just gonna let it take time. And all of these stories we build up make us completely powerless to taking charge of our time. Like, have you got an example of something? I'm sure you do that you thought would take a long time and in the end it didn't. Probably a few of them. I think about examples that I've heard from clients on things like going to the bank or calling and sorting out something bank related. <laughs> I don't know why I keep thinking of the bank, but bank, payments, admin type stuff and it's like, oh, it's gonna take so long, I don't have enough time. And in the end, we spend way more time thinking about how we don't have enough time than we do actually doing the task. And it just like sits there taking up mental space and mental energy for days, weeks, months, years, and we don't move forward at all with it. Like I have a client and she told me that she had to work over weekends to manage all of her workloads and grow her business. And there wasn't enough time for her to get everything done. And we cut her working week by 10 hours in one session by removing the weekends. And we then solved for her like what she wants to use her time for instead of how her time was using her. Like really making those prioritization decisions instead of just giving herself the weekend to work every week. So now she gets more done in less time and has weekends. And she came out of our last session last week and said, I have all this extra time now, what should I do with it? So she went from working evenings and weekends to working hours, to working usual hours, I should say, like working hours. And then from there, because of the decisions she made and everything she cut, she then had extra time and her brain then offered her to introduce this busy new project that was gonna be 10 hours a week because our brains like to be busy, by the way, just like we like to eat or drink to avoid any discomfort. We like to be busy at work. So instead of adding a 10 hour project that would have her end up working late, feeling stressed and under pressure and not be necessary for her to bring in more clients, we came up with a solution for how she could use that time to build her six figure business in a sustainable way. And guess what happened since then? She's made more money in less hours, like less weekly hours. Hey, if you wanna get five hours a week back minimum for life, then I want to invite you to join Time Hackers. It's this podcast on speed where you'll get access to time hacking tools not shared on the podcast. You'll get access to my proven process for hacking your time to get five hours back every week at least. It's also my favorite place to hang out and will be yours too as you connect with other time hackers where you'll get celebrated, supported, and coached, of course. You are a time hacker. This is where you belong. Head to vickylouise.com forward slash group. I can't wait to see you there.